There we go. You can skip a little bit if you need to. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, welcome back to BNY, everybody. Uh, Ricky here with you. My co-host, AJ, for the day. It's just uh, the two of us. Everyone else has the, uh, the night off from the last podcast, BNY85. We're here now, BNY86, on our way to 100. I can't believe it. It's been a long time coming, yes. but just appreciate y'all support out there. Today, we got something special, a very special guest, uh, Ryan Murphy. Could I say uh, TikTok superstar? Is that, <laughs> would that Does that make sense? Is that... Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not there, and I'm pretty sure I don't want my friends to hear that. So, uh, <laughs> dabbling in TikTok, yeah. Okay, well, sir, please, would you introduce yourself for uh, to the audience? Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on, and congrats on uh, 85, 86, heading to 100. That's that's really incredible. Thank you, thank uh, you. Um, yeah, so uh, name's Ryan Murphy. Um, kind of done a, a variety of things in my background that have kind of led me to uh, start putting out some content on social media. Just brief overview, studied uh, finance at the University of Virginia, graduated 2016 there, then went to work on Wall Street, both at an investment bank at a hedge fund. Um, so there I was restructuring global companies and then investing millions at the hedge fund. Um, but somewhere along the way, decided I didn't really want to do that for the rest of my life. Kind of wanted something that I felt more strongly about. Um, so then I ended up uh, quitting Wall Street and uh, trying out for the Navy SEALs. Uh, went through that pipeline for about a year and a half. Uh, made it to the final round officer tryout. I was one of like 25 civilians to pass the class, um, but ended up <laughs> ended up tearing both my Achilles during the tryout, uh, okay. which was a which was a good time uh, and ended up unfortunately missing getting selected by two spots. Um, but it was a pretty wild experience. And uh, now I have basically a lot of friends that are going through the process and a, a fair amount of knowledge about what goes on there. And then uh, latest thing I did was uh, try and help out those guys, even though I'm not on the active duty side, try and do it from the civilian side. And that's why I did that uh, pull-ups fundraiser, raise money for veteran mental health. And that, that brings me to you guys. Yeah. Which, and I, I, real quick, my bad. I don't, I don't think you know this, Ryan, but me and uh, me and Ricky are both actually active duty. Oh, wow. Good for yeah. you guys. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm in the, I'm in the Navy and uh, Ricky's in the Air Force. So. Oh, solid. Good yep. stuff. Yep. Yep. Appreciate it. Uh, I saw you raise about what, 20 K? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was really glad. Um, actually, I didn't have any social media prior to uh, launching that fundraiser. And I was like, well, I got to tell some people about it somehow, because uh, I don't want to do all these pull ups for like $50 that I put in myself. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was really fortunate. Uh, the community really rallied around it. We actually had, I think over 200 people donate to the fundraiser and raise just over 20k. That's fantastic. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take it back for a second. You say you worked on Wall Street hedge fund. Yeah. What was that experience like? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. It's hard to uh, it's hard to explain to people who haven't really been in the situation, but it's like a completely mm -hmm. different work environment than any sort of nine to five or normal job you've ever had. Uh, it's pretty much like you put your life on hold and uh, that's what you do all the time. Uh, so I started at an investment bank where you're at, you're at an advisor um, to people that have money and stuff like that, and then moved to the hedge fund where you're actually investing. And so you're working like 80 to 100 hours a week. Um, so it's pretty much from like 7 a.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, depending on the fund you're at. Uh, so <laughs> it's pretty intense. Uh, it's definitely not for the uh, 
faint of heart, but I mean, it's, it's some of the smartest people that you've ever been around kind of all within a few blocks in Manhattan. Uh, okay. So with your wall street knowledge, uh, working at the hedge funds, yeah. let's take it to more uh, present day. Yeah. Uh, 2021 GameStop, uh, Reddit, Robin hood, yeah. wall street. What's your, uh, what's your opinion on that entire situation? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a great storyline, right? Like a whole bunch of Reddit guys taking down the hedge funds, everything like that. I, I mean, everybody is behind them there, but I think, uh, that's like a simplified storyline because that's not really, it's not like they're taking down the whole hedge fund industry. Mm -hmm. It's like maybe there were a couple hedge funds that got ahead of themselves and shorting GameStop and Reddit was able to pretty effectively squeeze that. Um, and so those hedge funds got hurt a bit, but there were also a lot of hedge funds that joined Reddit and were long GameStop. Um, so it was kind of at the end of the day, it was kind of hedge fund versus hedge fund. Um, with retail uh, investors getting taken along for the ride. Um, and so I, I, the only thing that, I mean, I love it. The only thing I worry about is like when people start investing money that they actually need, like mm -hmm. this is, it's a lottery ticket. Uh, and you saw how like some of like Robinhood and some of these other uh, brokers, like they'll stop trading and stuff like that because it got so chaotic. So it's like, you might've bought GameStop at a hundred bucks and it went up to 300 but you didn't have a chance to sell until it dropped down to, I think it's now like 50, 55. Um, so I think that's the biggest risk is that people are just going to lose money that they actually need. And it's tough because you see all these people around you like, yo, I just made so much money on GameStop or whatever. And it's hard not to get behind that, but um, there's definitely some risk there. Okay. Do you, uh, do you feel that the stock market is just a big casino? Is that, <laughs> is that a simplification of that? Um, I wouldn't say it's a casino per se. Um, I would say certain stocks like that are, I would say options are a casino. Uh, I know a lot of people have gotten into those because they offer potentially bigger returns, but then it's a lot more complicated. Like 95% of investors lose money doing options. Um, I would say if you take a, if, if you're younger like us and you're not like about to retire or something like that and you invest in like a broad ETF that's just tracking the market, I wouldn't call that a casino. I would call that like buying into America, depending on what the ETF you have. And that just allows you to ride with the economic growth that the country is seeing within the context of that specific ETF and those companies. Um, so I would call that more of, an, e more of a, an investment and less of like a casino type bet. Okay. Yeah, and we're recording this too as well. So we'll yeah. go back, go ahead and re re rewind that film. So we got this one for life. <laughs> so you, uh, you left out of the stock market and to become a Navy SEAL. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, like, I think a lot of people would have been very thankful to be in the situation that I was in. Um, mm -hmm. it's obviously a very, um, blessed, like privileged spot. And it was something that I never imagined, myself being in, frankly. Um, but at the end of the day, I realized like as much money as I was making, it wasn't, it wasn't making me any happier. Um, it was like, I, I was kind of worried that I would blank, wake up 40 years from now and not, ha not have done anything that I was proud of or that I like really cared about. Uh, and so that made me think about, and I mean, if you're doing 80 to a hundred hours of work a week on something that you don't really care about. It'll start making you think about what you might care about. Uh, and so that I was how it. I, I it. <laughs> yeah, 
And so that was how, I mean, ran through a lot of different options, but ended up on the Navy SEALs because I wanted that sense of brotherhood and also that challenge uh, and just going through it with guys that um, really believed in the cause and were really capable and wanted to be there. Um, so that was how I ended up on that route. Would you consider that brotherhood, that camaraderie, kind of similar to, I, I believe you played, uh, you played college ball? <laughs> no, no, I didn't play college ball. Um, uh, I probably could have played at a, at a college that wasn't University of Virginia. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, my three-pointer wasn't that sharp. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so no, um, but like I was, I mean, I had some college groups, like I was in a fraternity and stuff like that. So like, I got like a taste of like what that might be like, but I mean, obviously it's like magnified a thousand times when you go into the, uh, into the armed forces and especially in a group like the SEALs. Yeah, that's crazy that, um, you know, like you left Wall Street and said, all right, I want to be a Navy SEAL. Like this is the beginning like of a movie so far. So I'm going <laughs> to keep documenting this. So you got to Navy SEALs uh, yeah. pre-injury. What did you think about it? What do you think about the process? How was the training? Uh, yeah, so it was actually um, just a, so I applied for the officer route. Like obviously you guys are familiar, enlisted mm -hmm. officer. Mm -hmm. uh, if I had gone enlisted, I would have been basically straight to basic and then um, into BUDS. Um, and right. so I went the officer route and frankly, it, <laughs> the bureaucracy, it took like a year and a half to get just cleared to go. Um, so I made it through a couple different rounds of like applications and physical fitness tests and stuff like that. And basically there's a new program they have called SOAS, mm -hmm. um, where instead of taking the officer straight to buds, um, they bring in all the guys from like the Naval Academy, ROTC and civilians. It's like 250 guys. And it's basically like a two week simulation of buds, which is what I did. And, um, I mean, you get to know guys pretty quickly once you start going through the grinder there, it was, uh, it was a pretty savage, uh, two weeks. Um, some pretty intense stuff, like everything you've seen in buds, like that, it was basically geared towards simulating that. So whether it's the ruck runs or the logs or the boats or the surf mm. torture or anything like that, um, surf yeah. torture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> just hanging out at the beach, um, <laughs> yeah so I mean all the guys there actually thought it was pretty hilarious because I quit my job just to go to that tryout and like all the other guys there had been like all the civilians were like pro athletes Olympic athletes D1 athletes whatever then you got like the Naval Academy RTC guys who've been training for years and then there I am like don't know anything really about the military like I didn't mm -hmm. even know what to the head was like I was just like <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. Um, so they thought it was just all hilarious that I was there. Um, but I mean, some of the best dudes I've ever met in my life um, going through that tryout. I mean, all I can say is I'm really glad that those dudes are on our side um, because they're some real savages. Facts. <laughs> so you end up getting injured as you, uh, as you mentioned. So. Yeah. Uh, well, it's one of those things where it's like probably everybody gets hurt. Um, right. And it was one of those like, hey, you're at a tryout, like they don't really care if you get hurt type thing. So I was like, yeah, ended up like tearing both my Achilles at some point during the tryout. But mm. it was like one of the, one of those where you, I was I was lucky that I didn't like Kevin Durant it and it didn't just like roll up into my <laughs> calf or something like that. Um, so I was lucky part of it stayed attached. So I was actually just able to like keep going and finishing the tryout. Um, so I was very fortunate. So you finished a tryout with two torn Achilles. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say Jesus. I got any faster, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I finished it. Okay, and um, so you didn't obviously just talking. You didn't make you didn't make the program at the end. Yeah, no. I mean, I ended up missing it by two slots. They only have so many. Basically, the point of the tryout is to get as many people to quit or drop out as possible, and then from there uh, they select. And I think um, we might have started with like eighty or hundred civilians, something like that. We ended up with maybe twenty five, um, and I think I was just two spots from getting selected, but end of the day, like it would have been tough to go straight into buds with the torn Achilles. So, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it was kind of a tough proposition there, but I was just very thankful for the opportunity. I mean, frankly, it was kind of a life changing experience to do something like that. Um, so I was just very grateful. At this point, your life is changing. You you've already moved on from one job. You had yeah. two torn Achilles at this point. And just because of that, you basically because of that, you missed out on two spots because it been hard going forward regardless. Yeah. Where, 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 where would you describe yourself at life at that point? Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question because obviously I gave up a great job, uh, a lot of money to try and do the seal thing. Um, I would say the, the worst part about it was just knowing that all the guys that I got so close with, a lot of them were going to be going through buds. We're going to be going into the teams and we're going to be deployed. And I just wasn't going to be there for them. Like I wanted to be able to help and be there um, when they're going through that. Mm -hmm. And so that was the, that was the biggest hit. Um, I would say this was a pretty unique experience in my life. I'd never had something like this one that I cared so much about that. I felt like you kind of find out what your potential is when you care that much. Um, so that was a unique experience. And then it was also unique in looking back on it. Like this was the only thing I've ever done in my life that even having failed, it was worthwhile. I think most things we do in life, like, yeah, of course you would do it if they succeeded and went perfectly. Um, but this was one of those things that, I would have done, even if I knew the outcome, um, just because it was a pretty life-changing experience, um, getting pushed to that extent, seeing like how good guys can be, uh, everything like that. It just kind of raises the bar for the rest of your life. And like going through something like that made this like pull-ups fundraiser and stuff like that so much easier. It like ch mm -hmm. just changes how you view the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Was a, was a pull-ups fundraiser the very next thing you did? Yeah. Yeah. So I did that pretty shortly after. Uh, and like I said, I was like, I can't help these guys from the active duty side. So what am I going to, what can I do as a civilian? And I was like, uh, what part of these physical fitness tests did I hate the least? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just arrived at pull-ups and I was like, well, so you, definitely... you went the easy route is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I knew I definitely didn't want to go running. Cause like that was probably going to be out of the question. And I didn't think anyone wanted to watch me do sit-ups or anything like that. So I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, didn't have that many options, but, uh, yeah, then, um, I think at some point when I started thinking about that, I had just seen David Goggins, and Cameron Haynes on Joe Rogan, him talking about the, the record and everything like that. And so I was like, well, if you're going to do some pull-ups, might as well do a few. And uh, that's how I ended up with that. <laughs> now, was that a, a like an officially beat record? Like, yeah, was that, yeah. were you able to verify that or was that just... Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't get it verified or Guinness or anything. They take okay. like three months to set it up. And this was one of those things where I had the idea maybe like end of October and uh, I was like, well, no one's going to want to donate in January or February. Like, that's a pretty bleak time. So I was like, <laughs> I got to get people before the holiday season or like in the midst of it. And so I only had like a month maybe to train for it. 
Um, and but no, it wasn't an official record. In fact, like Goggins only went 17 hours. Uh, and so that actually used to be the 24 hour record back a few years ago. Gotcha. But since since then, more people have done uh, done pull up, done more pull ups in 24 hours. But my goal was just like, hey, Goggins is kind of an idol of mine. He's also like a big name and like <laughs> nobody I mean, nobody would look at me and be like, yeah, that guy could take on Goggins. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I figured it'd be cool from like just the fundraising perspective. So my goal was just to be Goggins as Mark of 4030 pull ups. And he did that in like 17 hours. I did see you. You, uh, you got it documented by the uh, the Richmond Times, I believe. The dispatch. Yeah, yeah, they were uh, they were really kind about it. Um, it was actually funny because the reporter called me like thirty minutes after I finished the pull ups, and I was like really, really out of it. And so I was just hoping that I hadn't said anything that was too embarrassing to him because it was just <laughs> like a bloodbath after that. Uh, but they they were really they were really kind about it. Uh, it was a great article, and uh, I'm really appreciative to Zach Jokum, the uh, the writer, because he uh, like helped raise some more money. Like his article definitely brought in some more. Okay, so we've talked about your pull ups, your Navy SEALs time. What is your personal workout program? Do you have any uh, tips for the people? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so mine was different um, because I, I think it all comes down to what your goals are. Um, mine went off the scale of mine was kind of absurd. Um, so when I was up in New York, I was working 80 to 100 hours a week. Um, so I would end up waking up at four and then I would work out for like two hours, go to work for another 12. And then I would swim maybe at like midnight or something like that. Um, so it was like two to three hours of sleep, two workouts a day. And then on the weekends, it'd be like seven hours. I, obviously that's, that's the stupidest thing you've ever heard because then you just, like, no, like you would have to be at a pretty dark place to think that's a smart idea. It's just like, at some point it's just counterproductive and it's just like, you start accruing all these injuries and stuff like that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, so I, I've definitely toned it down, um, but I'll work out every day, typically mix in, alternate with like, uh, like squat day, push day, deadlift day, pull day type situation, and then work out some hit stuff in, in between to keep up the uh, hey. cardio and endurance. For sure. Hit workouts. It's not for the faint of heart, but they definitely, no. they definitely get the job done. Yeah, it's the bang for the buck type situation. If you don't want to spend like an hour on your phone while you're in between bench sets, like you probably <laughs> just should just do some HIIT workouts. Talk to me about uh, exercising and uh, dopamine. Yeah, dopamine. So a lot of this came from a, uh, a neuroscientist at Stanford, Andrew Huberman. And uh, kind of throughout the whole lead up to the SEAL thing, like, I knew that my background in fitness wasn't going to be superior to these guys that were like D one college football players and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need an advantage when I get to this tryout, what could it be? Cause it's not going to be physical. And so I was like, I need a mental advantage at least. Uh, and so that led me to doing like 2000 hours plus of research into like performance. Uh, and it led me to this neuroscientist, Andrew Huberman and dopamine. Uh, there's various neurotransmitters that you have. And these are basically chemicals in your mind that spur different reactions in the body. Like you could think of adrenaline as one, like it gets your heart rate going. It can help you push you forward. Dopamine's just like that. And it kind of gives you like a high, like feeling of invincibility. And it's like, you get that feeling of accomplishment when you can check stuff off your list that you've like achieved things, you get that bump. 
like even drugs, some drugs will release it. Um, but I think one thing that people don't realize is that you don't have to accomplish or necessarily hit some milestone to trigger dopamine. Uh, dopamine can actually be re released when you just take forward action that you think is putting you on the right path. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you just tell yourself like, Hey, I'm on the right, like, I might not be where I want to be right now, but I'm on the right path. So it's like with your podcast, it's like, maybe it's not the scale that you want it right now, but what you're doing right now is putting you on the right path. These are the steps you need to take. That is kind of that trigger for dopamine that, and dopamine is really critical because it will allow you to push forward where you otherwise would have faltered and quit. And so I think people can take away from this is like your thoughts can subjectively influence your physiology. Like it's not just like what just happens in your body isn't necessarily just automatically going to happen and that you can actually take responsibility for it and kind of wield it as a weapon. And so that was one of the things that I was kind of thinking about during this whole process, because like there's a ton of setbacks, like me not getting selected by the seals was a setback, obviously, but it's like, if you can mm -hmm. get to a point where you can see that as, Hey, might not be where I want to be right now. This wasn't what I wanted to happen, but it's just going to make me better. It's just going to push me towards where I want to go. Then that's very helpful place to be. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and basically one thing that from my, that I do a lot is that there's always positive thoughts. Yeah. And anything in life, I try to stay away from negative or negative people. I somehow still keep AJ around, but <laughs> it is, it is what it is. He's married to the family, but yeah. no, ser but seriously, no, uh, yeah. Thinking positive, uh, doing positive things like just like this podcast or what, yeah. what you do with your outlets on uh, social media, uh, preferably uh, TikTok. I, th I think it's amazing. And um, obviously you have a great following with it uh, as, as do we too as well. So, yeah, so it's a good path. Good, good, yeah. good energy into the world. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I mean, that's the problem with social media half the time is you're surround and the news, frankly, is like you're surrounded by negative messages all the time. And if even if you don't realize the impact they're having on you, um, they're just taking a toll over time. And so being able to surround yourself with positive messages, and that's not like, I'm big into gratitude. And that's uh, basically realizing like, not everything's going to be positive, but there's going to be something you can take away from it that can be positive. Uh, and so that's how I approach life is like, you just got to find the silver linings there and push forward. I actually, um, I, I, I want to, I told Ricky the story actually, before we called you, uh, I, I, I guess I could call this my first dopamine experience. Uh, so obviously I found you through TikTok, um, social yeah. media with everything. And uh, I, you know, like he said, the negative guy. Yeah. That was me for a while. I, I, was, yeah. I was, I was dealing with things in my life that was, you know, was hard for me to get over, scared to reach out to people, scared to talk to people and just trying to figure things out on my own. But, um, I actually linked up with another guy who is a buds drop. Uh, his name yeah. is jo Joshua Crutcher. Uh, we serve on the, uh, in the Navy together right now. Um, at the beginning of this year, I, I had kind of set small goals for myself. Uh, obviously, one of them being workout goals. I, I had kind of let myself go. I used to be a heavy drinker. You know, yeah. things that things that yeah. wasn't going right in my life. Uh, so I linked up with uh, Mr. Crutcher, started following your TikTok, seeing like the uh, the inspiration. And that's one thing I want to say too is like uh, you you went live one night before I think the night that I actually reached out to you. And it was, uh, you had said something about, 
it's not so much about the motivation because the motivation can last two to three minutes. It's all about the inspiration because that will last a lifetime. Yeah. So, uh, I kind of took that. And, uh, when I first started working out with Josh, he would have me run every single day. Right. And he was like, I don't care how far you run. Just make sure you hit this time every single day. Yeah. You know, make sure you're on the treadmill 20 minutes a day. So at first, you know, I was hitting five minutes walking the next 15. Yep. And uh, I had saw like your videos on the the dopamine and, and how to hit small goals. So yeah. I had went in, I think it was like a Thursday or something, went in and I was like, you know what, today I'm going to hit 12 minutes. I'm going to run. Yeah. I'm not going to stop for 12 minutes. And uh, I started running, got all the negative thoughts out of my head. I literally, yeah. I was watching ESPN. I, I tried not, <laughs> I forced myself not to look down at the time. Yeah. And before I knew it, I looked down and I had ran for 36 minutes straight and didn't wow. even realize it. And, that, and like, that that's a like good five. surprise. Yeah. It's yeah, that way was like worse five. looking down and realizing it's only been three minutes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was like my, uh, my coming to Jesus moment, uh, if, yeah. for lack of better, uh, expression, as far as, uh, just knowing that if you truly put your mind to it, you know, you can, you can, you can accomplish anything. Yeah. So, and that I, that's one thing I want to thank you for, you know, believe it or not, like the, the videos that you might have considered small really probably do help a lot of people. Wow. I mean, that's really I mean, one, congratulations. I mean, thank you. Thank you. There, I, I think uh, what we don't realize a lot of times is there's this thing called survivor bias. And it's kind of like we compare ourselves to people that are around us all the time. And that's how we figure out how we're doing. But what you don't realize is that the people you're surrounding yourself is not, or that you're comparing yourself to is not the whole group. There's so many people that have fallen by the wayside along the way, like they've succumbed to drinking or any of the other problems, like just being able to make it that next step is just so impressive. And I mean, congrats to you, man. I mean, that's, that's really awesome. I think one of the biggest takeaways you could have is like, you have the power to change your life just through the decisions you make. And it's like, it it doesn't come from having some like divine motivation or something like that. It's just like knowing who you are, what you stand for and just making decisions that are in line with that. And um, I really appreciate that. I mean, I didn't start this social media thing to, because I wanted to be an influencer. Like I've been very against social media for my entire life. Mm -hmm. And um really the only reason I did it was like, Hey, I've been really blessed with some of the people in my life that I've been able to learn from. And like, like I alluded to in that video, like I used to be super negative. Um, like you used to be like, I used to be a sad sack, like in high school, like my chest wall completely caved in. I tore both my rotator cuffs. Mm. I tore the patella tendon in my knee. Like, like not, that's Dang. not the prototypical seal candidate for sure. And, um, I don't, I don't know. It was just like the only reason I was able to pull myself out of that was because of the blessings of the people I had in my life and around me and just anything I could do to kind of pay that back. Like I'll forever be indebted to those guys. Like I would, I wouldn't have been able to do anything that I've done without them. Um, so, I mean, I'm just really glad to hear that you got something out of it. And, and, uh, that's the only reason I'm doing it. For sure. Hey, that's what it's all about. So this is, this is beautiful happening live real time uh <laughs> ron i want to ask you about um your thoughts on the blue light i, know, I saw you had a couple t- uh tiktok videos on it yeah yeah, yeah. On it. yeah i just wanted to introduce some people to the concept and 
I want to be clear, like I'm not a neuroscientist or anything like that. This is me like translating the research and stuff like that to the public, because frankly, I don't think a lot of people have heard about it. And it's not specifically blue light as of at this point, it's more like light intensity seems to be the most important thing. And it's like, if you think about it, like two, 300 years ago, our environments would be so much different. Like you wouldn't have any sort of light exposure once the sun went down. Or maybe it would be like a dim lantern, like, or a candle or something like that. But now you're just inundated with the smartphone. You've got the television, everything like that. And if you think about how your body like might evolve over time, it kind of makes sense that light exposure, like we used to always be out in the sun and stuff like that, instead of indoors and fluorescent lights, like light exposure actually triggers certain biological processes in your body. And the light is the important, it's like the igniter. It also tells you when to stop certain processes, stuff like that. And so when you start mistiming the light in, in very artificial and synthetic ways, it's kind of not a huge leap to realize like, hey, this might mess you up a little bit. And um, especially they've been doing some research about light at night and blue light is kind of taken the brunt of that. But I think it actually depends. It's basically... Uh, different wavelengths and how they coordinate. Um, but light, intense light at night has the possibility of triggering like pro-depressive circuits in your body. Um, mm. Like there's areas of your mind that are connected like to your gut and your pancreas and stuff like that. And so like, if you're getting bright lights at night, it can trigger that circuit and like, it'll throw your blood sugar off. It can depress your dopamine levels. There's like a, a variety of uh, like a cascade of effects that can happen. Mm -hmm. if you have all of these nat unnatural light exposures. Um, so I think it's while the science is still being fleshed out there and they're like working to empirically um, quantify just how much that'll happen. Um, I think it's safe to say that the unnatural light exposure is something you should be cognizant of, <clears throat> especially if you have like sleeping problems, you're tired during the day, stuff like that. Uh, it's definitely something to keep in mind. Do you have a, a time where you just put your phone down for the night? and uh, don't look yeah. back at it. Yeah, uh, I've started doing that at like 1030 or so. Uh, mm -hmm. It kind of depends on when you're trying to get to sleep, when you're trying to wake up. Uh, I, I think there's some very simple things that you can do um, like an hour or so before you're trying to go to bed, like kind of makes sense to disconnect. I think not only from a light standpoint, but just like you need that time to decompress and it's, um, it's just a much healthier way to go about it. And then typically it's good to get some light exposure within like the first hour of waking up because uh, like direct sun exposure would be ideal uh, just because like that intensity of light is much different than the intensity you're going to get with fluorescent lights inside. And so if you really want to start your body waking up and getting the day going, uh, it's a good idea to get at least a few minutes of direct sunlight within like an hour of waking up. Got you. I'm, uh, this is excellent advice. Um, yeah, as far as my house, um, it's pretty, I would say it's pretty dimly lit. Like I yeah. like the, uh, the vintage, the vintage lights. <laughs> yeah. Just for me, we, we changed up to those a couple of years ago. Just, just easy on the eyes. Like yeah, being out sure. all day, then it's a nice transition from going to direct sunlight to vintage light bulbs, where it's that nice kind of yellow, orangeish tint. And then from there, it just it's lights off. But yeah, no, that's, that's smart. And it's like you real, once you get used to it, like the vintage lights are just dimming it over time. You'll realize like how harshly 
an intense, like a bright light of your smartphone or something will be when you see it in the middle of the night, like your eyes will kind of take the toll there and you start to notice like, Hey, this, this really isn't what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I keep my phone on blue light all the time I, and everything on my screen is, is a uh, dark mode. I, yeah. I it, it, it was, it was, it was bothering me probably about a year ago. My eye was twitching really bad. Oh man. And it, it, it wasn't from the alcohol. It was from that. Um, at least I think yeah. it wasn't. But it wasn't. It wasn't from that. It was, and I, I looked at my my light sources around. Me. I was like, "This has to be it." This lack of sleep for me, looking at my phone at, a, at yeah. this bright. So, some yeah. changes and been fine since. Yeah, it's just crazy when you start to like think about how unnatural our environments are these days. Especially like me when I was living in New York. It's mm-hmm. like you're you're never even touching the ground. You're on a synthetic surface a hundred percent of the time. And it's like, it's not crazy to think that maybe the departure from the environment where we all evolved in, right? Like our bodies are built for certain environments and we just radically changed them over the last 50 years or so. Like that might have a negative impact. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I basically live in the woods and it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like going out real grass deers, rabbits, raccoons running around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look up, you can see the stars. There's not yeah. a light in the neighborhood at night. So it's uh, definitely blessed to uh to be in this yeah. uh, this location. So yeah, that's awesome. What's the uh best advice you've ever gotten? <laughs> I'd hit you with that one. Man, easy question right <laughs> off the bat. Um the best advice. Um I think there's a lot of like practical advice that I've probably benefited from, but I would say kind of the ideas that have shaped my life uh, is, is twofold. Uh, I put up a video on this the other day. It's like, you will always underestimate two things. And that is the amount to which others are suffering and the amount to which you can actually help them. Mm. Uh, and I think it's really easy to see, like, you, like I'm just meeting you guys. I kind of see you guys as like 2D figures, like some, some cool podcast hosts playing some music, <laughs> stuff like that. But it's like you guys have alluded to these bigger problems that you've dealt with in your life. And it's very hard for me to just see that or at least see you guys like that right off the bat, right? Like it's, we're all these three-dimensional guys, but we only really see in 2D. It's like, how, how do I know you? Like in what relation? And I think that happens all throughout our life. It's like everybody we meet, even the people that we think we really, really know, it's like we don't know everything that they've gone through. And you're just always going to underestimate how hard the things are that they've had to go through. And similarly, I think we, we all kind of don't see ourselves for the potential that we have. Uh, I think all of us like have a tendency to think somewhat low about ourselves. Like we always see the flaws that we have and it's very hard to see the potential. And I think once you recognize that you can actually make a difference in someone else's lives and you can, when you realize that they're going through a tough time and you realize how easily you can help them, I think that uh, those two lessons had the biggest impact on me on just like, that's one of the reasons why I decided to do TikTok and social media and stuff like that. I was like, like, like I'm looking at myself, like, who am I? Like, why would anyone care what I have to say? Like, I don't think anything particular about myself. Like I've had Uh, I've been lucky to do some of the things that I have and I've been fortunate to have some of the people in my life, but like, who cares what the heck I have to say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like, I'm only doing it because if I had, if I could help one person, then it would have been worthwhile for me. 
Uh, and I think just realizing that like you can very easily help other people if you just try uh, and don't sell yourself short. That's been the biggest thing for me. I was gonna say you damn sure shifted my mindset, you know, a couple months ago when I when I found you. So I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, all it takes is touching one person, change, yeah. change the world with that. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I saw one of your videos, and it kind of, I guess, it, this directly is really what you've been talking about here to us, as far as you switched one job to another job, and now you're doing something totally different than you were before. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned stop trying to win in life. Yeah. What does that what does that actually mean to you to explain yeah. to us? Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, well, for one, I think all of us are so prone to thinking like, if I just get here, then I'm gonna be happy. Mm-hmm. Whether that's like in a job, like if I thought like, hey, once I get into SEALs, I'm gonna be happy, or once I make this amount of money, I'll be happy, or once I have this many friends, I'll be happy. And that sets up your life in a binary. That means you either win or you lose. And it's like, you have the, the ability to set up your life however you want. Why would you build in the very real possibility that you're going to lose? Like that makes absolutely no sense. Plus, if you think about it, like what is one achievement in your life that if you accomplished, you would just be like, okay, I'm cool. I'll, I can die now. Like, I think if you're most people- yeah. You, there is no one achievement where it's like, okay, I'm done. That's, that's, it's been great guys. I'll see you later. Um, like, I don't think yeah, that don't is, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just don't think that exists. And so when you're trying to win life, that just is going to make you jealous of other people because now their success threatens your own. And you're always going to be comparing yourself to these arbitrary goals that don't even have the ability to make you happy. And so I think if you step back from that, stop trying to win and just start trying to be better than who you were yesterday, whether that be in your job, whether that be in your relationships, as long as you're just, it's all about moving in the right direction, as opposed to hitting some arbitrary milestone to me. Um, That's kind of how I view it. You know, somebody recently once said to me that uh, we shouldn't look at life as uh, a dur- a journey, but more so as like a dance, uh, a dance. You dance with a partner. You just you just move about naturally. And then where you end up is where you end up. Uh, enjoy the process as life is every day instead of, you know, just always going from next milestone, next milestone, next milestone. Uh, yeah. Enjoy wh- where you're at, how you're getting there because that moment is a moment in itself that you would never go back to. Yeah. So it's just to take your time and actually survey the field and see, look around you. Like I got, I got three kids, uh, two boys, seven, six and a five, a uh, five month old girl. Oh, nice. So, and baby, she could cry, do baby things. And I'm like, you know what? I wish you would do that. Look forward yeah. to getting a little older. So that happens. But at the same time, her holding my arms at this, at this age, this size, yeah. it's something that I can never do again. So yeah, it's good to just sit back and appreciate those moments. So I do understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an incredible example. I I like the dancing analogy. And I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like it, you, you, you get no benefit from wishing things are other than the way they are right now. It's like, once you accept what is, you can start focusing on what will be and you're not weighing yourself down with like regrets or just suffering, wishing that things were the other, like, I just remember when I was in the water 
like the, the best example I had was when I was in the water doing surf torture at the tryout. And I was like, you know what, this is kind of sucks. But like, I want to be here. This is what I'm trying to do. So there's no point like wishing this was over or wishing I was someplace else. It's like you accept what's going on, enjoy it to the extent you can, and then just move on with, with your life in the direction that you want to go. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> now with everything you've, uh, you said here uh, on, this, on this podcast today, you're uh, incorporating um, a majority of your ideas into a book, I believe. Yeah, that was actually what it, what it uh, started as. Um, so, because like, like I said, I wasn't going to have a physical advantage. Like <laughs> if we were meeting in the studio together, you would look at me and be like, I don't know if that guy works out. And <laughs> it's like, I promise I do, but I'm not getting any bang for the buck here. Um, but yeah, so I was like, what, what can I get from a mental advantage standpoint? And I consumed all this material from like philosophers, business leaders, everything like that. And I was like, well, if I just listen to this stuff or I read it, like it's going to go in one ear out the other. And so I was like, I need to put this in a framework that I can depend on when things really get tough. Uh, and so that's what led me to writing this book. And it's definitely been the source of the material that I've started putting out on some other different outlets. Um, but the book is just aimed at one thing and it just asks the question, what is the sign of a life well lived? And I don't think you have to have the right answer to that, but I think you have to have an answer because to me, if you don't have an answer to that, life is a lot like shooting a basketball only blindfolded. It's like, sure, it might go in, but you're probably not even facing the basket. So you're just going to airball type situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the book is just aimed towards helping people take some practical steps to figure out what direction they want to go in. Like we were saying, like there's no end point in life. It's just the direction that you want to go. And then some practical steps towards actually making that a reality. Do you happen to have a, a timeline? I don't know if this is a okay question to ask, but a timeline on when you're looking to release the book? Yeah. So I've been, uh, I would hope by the fall, um, okay. it's mm -hmm. kind of my timeline. Um, just working on some final edits now talking to some publishers and agents. Uh, so would like to get it out as quickly as possible, but nobody needs a typo on page 42 to really, uh, screw things up. So just, uh, trying to get it sharp for you guys. Yeah, you know how that goes. People are dragging for that one. No, yeah. no matter what the what, whatever, no matter what's said in the book. Yeah, that typo and that's all just put, put the book down at that point. This be like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Just yeah. Question for you. Uh TikTok. Yeah. We gonna get any uh dances from you? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny. I uh I was uh, talking to my old girlfriend the other day and she was, I told her that I had just started TikTok and she was like mortified at the idea that I might have dances up on there. So <laughs> nobody's ever requested to see me dance and it's not going to be happy. It's not going to be <laughs> I'll, I'll save you guys for that. Hey, you heard it here first. No dances on this on TikTok page. Where can, uh, where can, where can we find you at on TikTok? Yeah, so I'm Ryan Murphy 804. Uh, it's M U R P H Y 804, uh, and I, that's on TikTok, that's on Instagram, that's that's everywhere. And I'm still working on like what the best medium is to get this stuff out to people. Like TikTok videos kind of put a 
take a little while to like stitch together than like, mm-hmm. I, like obviously on this podcast, we just talked about way more ideas than I could put together on a TikTok video. Right. Um, I actually have a question about that too, not to yeah. cut you off, Ryan. Go for it. How, how have you been able to put a 10 minute thought process into like a 30 second to a minute video? Like how, how do you go about that? Yeah. I mean, what, what, I, wish what is I, your... had, I wish I had some secret <laughs> sauce there for you. It's absolutely brutal. Cause I like, if you can imagine, I have like, 10 pages of material that I've written in the book. And I'm like, well, I have maybe 30 seconds to say this. <laughs> and so it's just like, what are the highlights you can hit? And it's just like, it takes a while. Like it doesn't look like it does, but it takes a while to cut down to like, what do I think is the most important things to say here? And then I'll always get comments like, well, you left this, 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 and this out. And I was like, yeah, because if my video's a minute long, like there's going to be like eight people that saw this video. I'm just trying to get it. <laughs> get like the idea out there and we can have a conversation later. And that was one of the things I've, I've started considering now. I actually just launched like a, a newsletter. Uh, it's like, I don't, I don't have um, the answers to everything, but it's like, I need a format where you can at least convey some of these things in a little more meaningful way. Um, so I just started a newsletter. If anyone wants to sign up, it's, it's linked in my uh, Instagram and uh, TikTok. but I'm going to just send it out once. So yeah. I'm going to just, it's like, it's like you were saying, we're surrounded by negative news and ideas all the time it's like you want some source of positivity or some sort some semblance of an answer that you can use in your life to go forward and uh, that's all i'm aiming for this newsletter it's just like a single thought that uh you can read in less than two minutes be super quick be a source of positivity link to something that i found like uplifting or interesting uh you can depend on that each week so i'm doing that as well beautiful how often do you upload and, uh, TikTok? Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say it's varied a little bit. I'm going to get a little more uh, stringent about it um, just because it's like, I'm sure you guys know, it's like you're starting something else new. You're trying to figure out what works. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to put like 20 hours into a video that like, like a group that could split a single pizza is going to watch. So it's like still working that out, but yeah, no, I'm going to be ramping it up because like I've gotten some good feedback and uh, it seems like people have got something out of it. So it's just like, we need a Ryan Murphy short film. That's what we need. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, if you know anyone who wants to do that, let me know. Uh, 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 No, no BS. I might have a guy for that actually. Shout out Jay, Jay, the photographer. Hey, Jay. It's fantastic. Let me know, Jay. But uh, it was actually kind of funny, like a production company uh, reached out to me, I think after they saw some of those TikToks and asked if I like I wanted to pitch a TV show or something like that. So I don't know if anything uh, will come of that. It seems like a real, uh, real, real long shot. So I wouldn't be like booking your calendars for that Ryan Murphy TV show, but uh, it would be cool. Like, I really think you could do it though. Like, honestly, like I'm, I'm telling you, I have, I have put a lot of people onto your TikToks. I mean, I know (laughs) it probably doesn't look good that a a 30 year old man is over here showing out TikTok videos, but but, uh, like, I'm telling you, like, (laughs) believe it or not, like even just this conversation that we've had today, the positivity it, it wins in the long run, like positivity wins. And for, for me to take 23 to 27 years to realize that, like it, it, it's crazy almost to a point where I look back on my life and I was like, dang, 
now I'm not I'm not saying like looking at it negatively, but like I really probably yeah. could have been in a, a way better place than yeah. I am now. Not not to say that I'm looking towards the wins, but it, it and and not to look at the the what was to what is now. But it's yeah. just it's one of those things like I wish I would have had this information a long time ago. Yeah. Let me let me help the people that I know and I have surrounded by me that are younger than me, you know, being in the military. Like yeah. You really can do this to a point where I even I'm going to read a text message that I sent out to work yeah. the other day, a little group message. I literally do this uh, once a week. I said, uh, just a reminder, we have zone in the morning and a long day with the IHOP meal. Let's make sure everyone stays focused and keep a positive mindset. That's all I said. Yeah. And, I, and I try to I, like literally with everybody I work with, I try to invoke a positive mindset all the time yeah. now because of you i think i think you should go for it man i really do i really appreciate that that's super kind of you to say and i think that's just like an example of like you don't know what sort of impact you might possibly have like you have no idea what those text messages might mean or like what a random smile to a stranger does i just think we're like inundated with all this negativity and at some point you got to start rewriting the script for everybody because i think on a, I mean, obviously, like, I've listened to y'all's podcasts, and you guys talk about like big societal issues. And it's like, those don't just happen, like out of nowhere, it starts on like this individual level, I feel like and kind of bubbles up. And it's like, you see the skyrocketing rates of like depression, anxiety, everything like that, addiction, stuff like that. And it's just like, you got to start working on that individual level, if you ever think things will work out on that macro level. Have the conversation, talk it out. Yeah. Acknowledge the issue and go from there. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Ryan, it's been great talking to you. Definitely, yeah. uh, definitely appreciate you for your time. I appreciate you guys having me on and just loving the, loving the podcast. Can't wait till y'all hit a hundred. I've, I've been tuning in since we uh, first connected. So I've really enjoyed I appreciate it. appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Just the same way I've been watching your TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> no dances. We'll keep <laughs> All right. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah, see, by, see by the year from now what happens. <laughs> if I'm dancing in a year from now, some things have really gone downhill. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. No dances, just motivational speeches, quotes, and um, just, just a way how you can live your life uh, positive as possible. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for uh, having me on. Really appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. AJ, any final words? Nah, that's, I, I pretty much said what I had to. I appreciate it, Ryan, for real. Hopefully I'll see you on some more lives. I'll do some of those again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh Sounds yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, when you uh get that book up and running, uh, feel free to come back to BNY Podcast. Uh, get some promotion going on for you. Yeah, I would love to, and love to do it in studio too. That'd be really cool. Oh, sure. Open invite. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good one. Hey, thanks for your time. Yeah, of course.